The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. found financial food for thought you've got mark donnelly and carrie waddell and uh carrie you know with the ohio's you know new curfew i hope you uh you know were home by uh out of the bar by 10 p.m last night i was not at the bar although it sounds good and i'm not a big drinker but you know it sure sounds good lately the rona is winning carrie no never say no but at least our, never win. At least our congressmen are hard at work, Carrie, right? Right. So did, yeah. did you hear a couple of our local boys here? They're from Ohio. I'd start by asking the presiding officer to please wear a mask as he speaks, and people below him are, I can't tell you what to do, but They're hard I at know work, that Harry. the behavior... I don't wear a mask when I'm speaking, like most senators. Well, I most senators... So I'll, I'll put that <laughs> on, but... I don't need your instruction from. I know you don't need my instruction, but I. They're clearly the country's starving. You're unemployed, but. We have a but Jared Brown, he's a mass police. The coronavirus task force oh, meeting good. in months. We have a majority leader that calls us back here to vote on an unqualified nominee, and and at the same time to vote for judge after judge after judge, exposing all the people who can't say anything. I understand the people in front of you and the presiding officer, and expose all the staff here. And the, the majority leader just doesn't seem to care. You don't have to play along with the tweets and the chaos. He threatened the Republican governor of Ohio today, for instance, because the governor of Ohio, I think he said the term vice president or term, term president. Actually, I think Sherrod Brown sounds better with a mask on. But you don't have to play along with the <laughs> tweets and the chaos and the crazy anymore. We need to move on. We need to actually deliver for the people who voted for us and put their faith in us. Oh, yeah, because the they all have good intentions is granting Trump one last wish. wish Which? Mm. I don't know if he has a question here or what. I mean... How about... I don't know what... Be quiet. You know, and so, you know, he was was calling out, um, you know, Dan Sullivan. You know Dan Sullivan. He's the senator from Alaska. Local boy, right? Right. So we had two local boys here. We had, you know, Sherrod, I think out of Mansfield, right, Um, started his political career, I think, at age 23. Oh, geez. Right. He's a career politician. Then you had Dan Sullivan, of course, a Marine Corps vet, right, Gary? Mm-hmm. Um, from Fairview Park on the west side right. of Cleveland. Um, went up to Alaska to get mm-hmm. into the Senate. And uh, I don't think Dan Sullivan was too happy being called out, you know, by no, Sherrod Brown. let me do what I need know. to do. And most people, you know. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Maybe Sherrod Brown's running for, you know, mask police sheriff. Ugh. You know, I mean, uh, is, is anyone inviting Sherrod over for Thanksgiving dinner? No. You know, he may show up on your doorstep anyways. No, Gary, no, but, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I'm not following the rules. Remember, and Sherrod Brown, remember, he was going to run for president, right? Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, remember, he's he last year in mid you know, July of last year, he was saying there was no way that Joe Biden was going to get the nomination. Well, he was wrong about that, right? Then he flip-flopped. So after Joe, you know, more recently, after Joe got the nomination in October of this year, he was saying, oh, you know, for sure Joe would win Ohio. Mm, I guess he was a little bit wrong with that. Does anyone listen to Sherrod Brown anymore? Nope. But he's got a job to do, Carrie. Oh, sure. Uh, They all do, but none of them are doing their job or doing it poorly. Yeah, um... So, you know, we'll talk, you know, we're going into the dark winter, Carrie, right? And, and I hope you everyone... You mean the beautiful? I mean, really, for November? Come on, Mark, this weather's been pretty good. You know, I hope everybody listening is healthy and, and family mm-hmm. healthy. And, um, you know, be you know be careful. We'll see how 
Governor DeWine's curfew works, right? Although I don't understand the curfew personally because, you know, viruses and bacteria or whatever germs, um, you can get any 24-7. I really don't know how a curfew is going to change the spread. Well, but Carol, let's we'll call up Sherrod Brown. I'm sure he has some ideas. I'm sure he has an opinion. On, on how it's going to work. Right. Um, just make sure you have your mask on right. before you... I'll talk, talk to, to Sherrod. Um, all right, get us started. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're working or already in retirement. We're sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an Ohio registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm that's been around Cleveland now more than 35 years, helping people solve problems, save money. What we do at the estate planning team is build custom financial plans. We provide people with objective, unbiased analysis with the financial decisions they make and help people use opportunities in this complicated tax code um, and avoid potential traps and know what steps they should take, whether they're working or already in retirement, to really protect their long-term financial stability and especially during these times of economic uncertainty, low interest rate environment, um, rising health care costs. You know, people have concerns about their financial life and, and, co- and the impact of COVID on the economy. And certainly we can help. There are opportunities and things you can look at even in this year. Many people have opportunities that they're just not taking advantage of. And even if you're in the camp or if you're in the camp that thinks tax rates are going to go up in the future, you need to be as proactive as possible to create that future income tax efficiently. The estate planning team, we do offer a free no obligation consultation. We're doing those still in person with precautions or by phone to see if you can benefit from the type of planning we offer. And like our plans are customized, so are our fees. We have affordable hourly and affordable comprehensive retainer fees. And if you want to take advantage of a consultation and see if we can help you or if there's anything we can do, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. Our website, you can sign up for newsletter. I just blasted out the Medicare B um, thresholds and the new rates out to people who are on those newsletter as we get alerts if there's the CARES Act. We had earlier this year the SECURE Act. Um, Right now we're not doing planning classes, but certainly we'll at least keep you posted. There's great summaries and kind of summarizes a lot of the and highlights some of the things that you need to be aware of. And that's 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. So, um, you know who sings a song, Karen? Job Yeah, Phil. Well, Genesis. So I'm playing this also because if you heard that Genesis is doing a reunion tour. No, I did not. So if any Genesis fans out there, you know, if you listen to this show for the... How long have we been doing this show, Karen? Oh, it's got to be at least 15 years or more. So, you know, Genesis is one of my favorites, and I was surprised to hear that. Um, So I don't think they're going to come to the U.S., though. It's it's a U.K., Ireland-type European thing. It's delayed. It was going to start in the year, uh, this year, 2020. Of course, that's been postponed. So they're postponing it to 2021. And it's going to be Mike Rutherford, Phil Collins, and Tony Banks. Um, And then Phil can't play drums anymore because of his... You know, health conditions. Right. Um, so his son is taking over the drums. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, so that is kind of cool. Uh, kind of like how Clarence Clemens' son took over the E Street Band saxophone. Right? Huh. So, um, and, they, and the son seemed to be doing a pretty good job mm-hmm. filling in for dad. Um, all right. So let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue that case review that I started last week. Okay. Uh, you know we're talking we're doing our you know year end planning and and so we're gonna talk about that. Some economic news, not great economic news this week, Carrie. Um, you know jobless claims you know came in a little bit worse than expectations. Um, the street was looking for seven hundred thousand new jobless claims. Um, jobless claims they came in at seven hundred forty two thousand. The previous week was, you know, upticked a little bit with revisions. Um, you know, also uh, October uh, retail sales came out again, missing consensus. 
Um, let's see. Headline retail sales for the month of October rose 0.3% to $553 billion, the Commerce Department said, slowing from a downwardly revised 1.6% pace in September, missing the street consensus forecast of 0.5%. So, again, just more signs that the economy is slowing, right? And, you know, I wish our congressmen, instead of arguing on the Senate floor about wearing or not wearing masks while you're in the chamber, would be talking about maybe passing some relief. Oh, yeah, because we're, I mean, we're months now of them not being able to make progress on this, and it's getting ridiculous. And we thought once the election was over that they would get down to business. Well, they ain't going to do it this week because the Senate's on, of course, their recess. Right. Um, Oh, you mean they only don't get like two days like the rest of us? No, the Thanksgiving recess. They won't be back. (laughs) Hopefully they're back before Christmas. Like, I think they should give up their pay. They should actually get pay for what they work, or I think they should give up their pensions. And, you know, but right now, you know, I don't think anyone in Congress is too, you know, optimistic that, there's going to be a quick relief package. Um, now, maybe everyone's waiting to see, you know, and now maybe it's all they're all going to blame the Georgia Senate runoff race, you know, January 5th and saying, well, we're not going to do anything until then. Now, what the Senate Republicans did release, you know, you know by the way, Carrie, you know, the government shuts down December 11th. Hate, hate to what? Hate to break the bad That's news to you early when you haven't done anything. Well, they that's when they yeah, they have to do something. So, well, I think you should stay until you do something because well, we're, as taxpayers, we're paying for and, it. And a lot of people are saying, is Trump, you know, sour grapes going to, you know, put a wrench and say and not pass anything, you know, and, and let the government shut down on, on his way out the, you know, door. Um, I don't know. You know, so um, but so what the Senate did says is they they wanted to pass a one point four trillion dollar spending plan. This had nothing to do with the COVID-19 relief, Carrie. This is just, you know, so <laughs> the money is staggering. Right? I mean, you, you know, so the, the country's going to, you know, the government's going to shut down. Uh, you know, the Senate says, hey, you know, we need one point four trillion, you know, to keep the government going after December 11th. It, you know, you know, Nancy Pelosi is still talking about the HEROES Act, which is, you know, a three trillion dollar package. Um, and then you still got the the Republicans uh, relief bill, which is anywhere between five hundred billion and a trillion. Um, wow. The money's adding up, Carrie. But taxes aren't going to go up. Don't worry about it. Because, again, because President Biden said, you know, he promised no one making under four hundred thousand dollars a year is going to see one penny of tax increases. Now, why do we need the relief now, Carrie? Um, And so even though the spending is out of control, I think you have to do it Um, because, you know, you can't, especially if you're shutting the country down. Right. I need I know they need to do it, but I think they need to be fiscally responsible and look at realistic cuts. And what about the money? I keep reading things that they still haven't used the money that was passed in the spring, all of that money hasn't been used. Remind, Why not? I'm going to talk about that at the end of the Why not? At the end of the Why show. would you ask for more if you didn't use up what you That's had? That's causing some controversy right now, I, Yeah. Because, you know, now you've got the, um, and I, I don't know if it's the same thing you're talking about, but, you know, uh, you know, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, that's what I call mm-hmm. him. Um, you know, remember, he went to the Fed and said, hey, I want that $500 billion back. You know, that the money was given to the Federal Reserve. Right. Um, and now uh, Mnuchin is saying, hey, give it back before the end of the year. That did not sit well with the Federal Reserve. So now we've got a riff going on between the Treasury and the Federal Reserve. That's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, th- so that is Good luck added, with that. You know, added to the fire. So DeWine said Ohio is on fire, right, with the Rona spread. Right. Um, so Akron, they're, uh, Akron said they're going to limit private gatherings to six guests or less. Which there. I laugh because somebody said, if I have five kids, how's that going to work? Um, <laughs> mask required. Yeah. They better all have masks on. $250 your, fine home? if, you know, if Sherrod Brown, the mask police, show up at your uh, Thanksgiving You think door that's there. a little overstepping? Um, the White House thinks it's all these Thanksgiving restrictions are just Orwellian. You know, they're, you know, um, you know but uh, let's see. Um Indiana. Indiana is saying their rate of infections right now, Carrie, on a per capita basis, they would be placed 35th in the world. Okay. Um, Utah. 
you think your virus is in Utah? Utah saying one in seven residents have an active infection. Okay, even if you have active, Mark, I've known people, yes, I have it. I've known people that are very sick. I know people that recovered or know, heard of people that have died. But I also know people that have got it and recovered. I mean, people forget H1N1 had, what, 60 million people infected? I mean, there's a lot of people we've even had clients or people that we've known that had it that it was no more than a cold or they just kind of felt run down for a couple days. Gary, they're saying in Utah, if you gather on Thanksgiving, you'll be gathering again for funerals on New Year's Day. Oh, you know. The CDC said, Carrie, there could be up to 48,000 more people dead from COVID-19 by December 12th. Okay, but then we shut everything down. Like I saw um, a disturbing statistic this week about nursing home, the complaints of neglect and abuse since the shutdown. They said for every two nursing home patients to die of covid there's one to two that die of neglect or abuse where it's failure to thrive because they've mentally have they've been isolated or they've been malnourished, dehydrated. It, it's terrible. Carrie, you keep talking. They're never going to get a stimulus package right. passed. The, the um, Carrie, well, I, do you think they will? I mean, I don't think they care. It's it's all a political game. Well, you know, so, you know, if you're planning a crowd for Thanksgiving dinner, you, know, you better set a plate for the Rona, Carrie. Um, cause invited or not, she's coming to dinner. Hand wash, um, hand wash. You might not take... see her, but you know, she's going to be there. That's true. I mean, and the, and the flu, there have been actually flu deaths this year so far. Yeah, but it's way less than last right, year. Right, It's just starting cause the flu, I mean. Well, even at this time last year, but I mean, right. again, but the same precautions we're, we're using for right. the COVID was protecting us from the flu, Carrie. Right. But I don't think people were as meticulous. We've never been like that. Even on years that we've had. 200, 300,000 flu deaths. We've never been like we are now as far as hand washing. Oh, I know. That's what I'm right. saying. I'm just saying, hopefully people are being aware that hand washing is a ma- like makes a huge difference. Although I crack up every bathroom I go into, there's a sign on how to hand wash. Like we never knew yeah. how to do that before. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and, you know, so the, the experts know that the Halloween was the downfall. That's, you know, what spiked the, the virus because so many people get together, but how many more people get together at Thanksgiving time, Carrie, right? You know, I mm-hmm. mean, right, you know, and the kids come over, right, right now, you know, Rona, she's hitching a ride home with your co-eds right now, Carrie, mm-hmm. you know, she's, you know, she's the stowaway on, 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 on the uh, luggage coming back to, for Thanksgiving, right? Okay. Um, the colleges don't know what to do. They're, they're in a, they're in a catch 22. Well, I think the majority of colleges are already at least the modeling I know for most schools in Ohio is, and even in Indiana, I know some people is everybody goes home for Thanksgiving and doesn't come back till mid-January. Well, that's one. Th- but that's, I'm saying that's what a lot, most colleges have done. Yeah. Um, Ohio, Ohio State just went all online, right? right. They just, you know, um, the, um, yeah, the, the. And that was the Well, plan they're saying that- you know, colleges are scrambling to prevent the resulting spread of the virus. Some institutions have urged or even required students to quarantine or receive a negative coronavirus test before traveling home. Um, without those precautions, college leaders say students should consider abstaining from their holiday plans. Instead, opt for a celebration closer to the campus. Okay. So they don't know if they should send them home or keep them on campus. Right. But I know that most Ohio campuses are. But you know what? I guess if it was my kid and I'm taking the precaution, my kid's only going to be at my house. I'm willing to take that. You're not going to keep me away from my kid's. For the and, holidays. And then like you're saying, you know, many colleges are telling the students who do leave for Thanksgiving, hey, don't come back. And a lot of them just planned the schedule college back in August. That was kind of the plan is as of when you went home for Thanksgiving break, everything was going to be online so that you weren't going home, being exposed to people and bringing it back to campus. Was the well, original thought, at least we got the plan for my daughter in August and I knew a couple schools in Indiana. And I've heard that from other clients who have college kids that pretty much... Thanksgiving, they're done in person if they're lucky enough to do that. Right. And then and then some colleges just don't know what to do because here's the dilemma. Now they're saying, well, if the students go home for Thanksgiving and they do come back mm-hmm. to campus, what do you do? They'll probably test them. They want to say test them and two-week quarantine. Which at that point, you might as well just stay home. Oh, get me out of this, Carrie. Uh, (laughs) All right, go over. uh, Regardless of that, there are still good things going on and things to be thankful for. And take um, control of the things you can control. And certainly when it comes to your financial life and making choices, there's things you can do and that freedom of choice and opportunities that exist. And even when you don't feel like doing anything, that's the time you really need to dig 
dig in and look because it's worth it financially in the long run and it can make a big difference. We offer a free consultation by phone or in person. Try to make it as easy as possible and comfortable. Um, And again, we're still okay with in-person meetings. We take those precautions. And you can call the estate planning team for that free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. You can also sign up on the website, financialfoodforthought.com for the newsletter, listen to podcasts of previous shows. And there's incentives for people that take the time to look at planning issues between now and the end of the year. And that again is 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. So a lot of people are saying, Carrie, just post, you know, cancel Thanksgiving. Or have Thanksgiving in July. Didn't we do Christmas in July? No. Can we do Thanksgiving no. in July? No, it absolutely not. Care, you how- just have small, like we're modifying, and my parents' friends, it has, we were talking 20 years. They're in their early 80s. They have opted, and they have people, um, it's my family, their family, and then people who kind of don't have places to go. I even have my uncle and um, or have no other family go, and it gets a big gathering, and they've decided not to do that. They decided a while ago because their age and underlying health issues, so we're doing something modified. But certainly, you can modify it. It doesn't mean you don't celebrate it. You just do it in a different way. Well, no, you just celebrate it in July. No, I'm not going to celebrate Thanksgiving in July. How long can you keep a defrosted turkey in the in the I don't in the know. Refrigerator? No, you can't just blow off holidays. You still have to go with it. You just change the way you adjust. But I tell you my my college story. Speaking of college, you know the one my college story with the Thanksgiving turkey. No. So <laughs> when I was a senior in college up in New York at St. Bonaventure University, I was in a uh, a suite with um, it was three uh, double. It was six mm-hmm. six of us, six you know me and five brothers, right? So. So, um, you know, there are three bedrooms, uh, you know, with three, two baths and the kitchen dining, whatever. So, so um, unbeknownst to me, you know, as we were leaving for Thanksgiving break, all right, no one was going to be there uh, in those days. No one was stayed over Thanksgiving, right? Um, so unbeknownst to us, the, the last guy out, the last brother out, decided to defrost the refrigerator. Okay. All right. Um, but unbeknownst to him that there was a turkey a frozen turkey uh, in the freezer that one of the other guys' mother had sent up. Oh, why okay. don't you have a turkey dinner with you and your right. mother? Yeah. Obviously, that turkey never got cooked, right? Oh. Um, so that was sitting in the freezer. Okay. Nothing was in our freezer ever. So the guy who def- decided to defrost the refrigerator forgot to look in the freezer. And left? And left. Oh, the now, smell. Well, I was the first bro, I was the first guy back You to probably arrive. thought something After, died. I opened the door. I thought one of them died. Oh, I would too. It was the worst smell I have. I almost fell yeah, over. Bad poultry is terrible. Uh, you're, you're gagging right now. I know, because <laughs> one time I left chicken breasts one time out and then left for a long weekend and it was not good. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I can't imagine over a break and a whole bird. Oh, it's a smell I'll never Febreze forget. didn't exist then either, Mark. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So you're listening to Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And on this radio show, sometimes we give case studies about, you know, some of our client cases, you know, that reflect or you know illustrate what we mean what we say you know when we say coordinated advisors and you, and we're very active planners at the estate planning team and and you know uh, well, to us financial planning isn't just about what stocks or bonds or mutual funds or fixed annuities to buy those are all products those are all tools but you know you, so a lot of times when i go over these case studies you're going to you're not going to hear me say anything about what stocks to buy or what mutual funds to buy cuz mm-hmm. that's not what we do right all right um now, but we do think coordination of advisors, and so um, is important. So, you know, again, so last week I, I introduced this, and this was a couple that came to us, and they were about sixty years old, and, and one of their goals was wondering if they could retire at sixty-two. So it was about three years ahead of retirement. Now, Carrie, a lot of times we get that question, right? You know, Mark, when should I start working on my retirement plan? Is there a right answer? No. Not really. But, I mean, is three years better than three months? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, so the idea was, 
they had always thought and I always heard and that kind of that old rule that, well, you, get, you can't retire before 65 because that's when your Medicare eligibility begins. So you stay covered by the employer plan. And then once you retire at age 65, you hop right on Medicare because, of course, you'll never be able to afford the health insurance if you're retired pre-Medicare. Because it's hefty. Right. Um, so we've, you know, and, 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 you know, and so that gets into the Affordable Health Care Act, you know, of course, better known as Obamacare. Right. Um, and we're in open enrollment period for Obamacare right now through December 15th. So, you know, so this is also maybe on the minds if you are out shopping, you know, for health care where, you know, you, before Medicare eligibility. Um, and, you know, and, and so you start talking about, you know, um, you know, what are the costs and, and, you know, how do you, how do you get your handle on that? Um, and the costs vary, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. Because it depends on what you, you know, end up buying. It also depends on your zip code, right? Right. Um, so for example, that. They're saying that the average Ohio monthly is about $473 a month. Okay. Okay. Um, but that is, that is uh, what am I trying to say, Carrie? Directly related to your age, <laughs> mm-hmm. tobacco use or not, you know, right. gender, you know, all these things matter. So when you think that anyone of any age, you know, you, you know can be on Obamacare, you, you can't really look at that average. No. Especially if you're 63 trying to go on Obamacare. You're mm-hmm. not going to get the same rate as a 24-year-old. Not even close. Right. Um, and it sometimes can be a big difference. And then, of course, you know, are you looking for the least, you know, cost, you know, or, or one of the cattle, you know, not Cadillac plans, but remember, the, they're, they're the bronze, silver, and gold, right? Right. You know, and so, um, you know, and, and then the platinum is the highest one. I don't think Ohio even offers a platinum. I think it's just the bronze, silver, and gold. Um so you could say, so, you know, the costs, you know, now if you look at the lowest cost gold plan, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say you're 64. Okay. Well, now you're talking about a premium about $600 a month. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, and, and again, if you go with a lower silver plan or a lowest cost bronze plan, it's going to be lower than that. But it, again, it's still going to be higher than the overall averages. So you got to kind of do your own price shopping. Right. Um, but here's the kicker. Um, about 77 percent of Ohio, you know, people on Obamacare are receiving some type of subsidy. OK. All right um, now, so the sub- remember the subsidy is a part that helps you pay for this type of coverage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even though the individual mandate has been, you know, kind of effectively thrown out by the Republicans, um, there's still the subsidies going on. Remember, that's what we were worried. We were worried when Trump came in that he'd get rid of the subsidies. Right? He, he has. He didn't. No, um, they're still out there. All right. So um, so this is where now you can say, well, now there's also the level Ohio, you know, did go on the uh, uh, um, the expanded Medicaid. Right. So part of like in Ohio, if when you apply for Obamacare, when they ask you your income and your if your income is too low, you don't get Obamacare, Carrie, they kick you to Medicaid. Right. All right. So there's some people out there saying, Mark, I don't want to go on Medicaid. But I do want to get my Obamacare premium down. Right. So they're playing the, the limbo game, right? Mm-hmm. They're saying, you know, what should my, how much taxable income can I do that I, I want the right amount where I'm getting the subsidy. Right. But I'm not going too low that I'm getting pushed off to Medicaid. Right. All right. Um, now. So, you know, so what are those thresholds? Well, the upper cutoff and, and the threat and the subsidies are are graduated, Carrie. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, so you start, you know, up at a certain level, you get the full subsidy uh, and, and it's based on adjusted gross income, AGI. But if you have too much AGI, you don't get any subsidy. But in between, the subsidy scales out. OK. OK. So um, when does the scale when does it completely scale up for, for a single taxpayer? That's about fifty one thousand dollars. For a couple, it's about sixty-nine thousand. For a family of three, it's about eighty-seven thousand. 
for a family of four, it's about one hundred and four, one hundred and five thousand. And those vary every year because of inflation factors and stuff like that. Now, that means that's when the subsidy is completely gone. Right. Um, now, what are the Medicaid defaults? You know, when, what you know, if you're trying to report you're trying to target an income, you want to stay above the, the Medicaid defaults for a single person. That's currently I think it's around twelve thousand five hundred for a couple. I think it's around sixteen, seventeen thousand. And for a family of four, I think it's twenty five, twenty six thousand, something like that. OK. All right. Um, now, so in this particular case, um, the couple. So we said, well, let's let's see if we you know, if if there is a way that you could retire at 62, you're going on Medicare at 65. So basically you're looking at two to three years of have of having to get this coverage. Okay. So first of all, that's not the end of the world. Right. I mean, right. you know, there's, I, you know, hopefully we can figure out a way that, you know, that this health care issue isn't preventing you from retiring. And if you remember when I started this last week, this is a couple that he was making, you know, very good money. He was just done with the rat race. Mm-hmm. OK, so he was ready to get out. She was already retired. All right. Um, now, um, so how do we start with the coordination of advisors? Well, one, okay, let's get the tax person involved, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and, you know, because that's the one who's going to have the latest, uh, those thresholds and, and have the software that can run those scenarios to try to figure out what's the right AGI and how it relates to the subsidy that you're trying to get. Okay. All right. Um, now, in this case, their uh, CPA, she came back and, you know, you know and she said, well, um, I, I remember she called it the magic number, right? And you know, she basically said the magic number was somewhere between you know forty-five to forty-six thousand dollars, right? Um, and so with that, now we had a number to work with, all right? Because we're saying, okay, if we can, um, if we can keep, if we can target the, you know, the, their AGI to forty-four to forty-five thousand, that's the sweet spot, as the CPA called it where they would get the full Obamacare subsidy. Now, of course, Carrie, that it wasn't what their lifestyle was going to cost. See, another part of the goal was that they wanted to maintain the retirement lifestyle that they always dreamed about. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that they were trying to get their cost of their lifestyle down to 44000 It's just that that's what we wanted to keep their adjusted gross income down to. Right. right. They didn't want to not travel, not do things, not do home improvements. So, so we're back to, and, you know, and we knew that what their lifestyle was somewhere between 90 to 100,000 plus whatever the income tax bill is. Right. Um, now, so now we, next we say, okay, let's talk to your investment advisors. Okay. So we, you know, and remember we're doing this with three years lead time, right? See, that's the key of this case. Right. This, this, they were far, they were thinking ahead. Remember, they're 60 years old. He's saying, I want to be ready to retire at 62, but I want to know right now if I can afford to do it. Right. You know, can I have that lifestyle that I want to have in retirement? And leave work early. Yes. Um, Or do I have to go get a non-core career? Mm -hmm. Because that's his other alternative. Right. Right. Um, Now, um, so next we met with the investment advisors. And we said a couple of things. Now, again, you know, they had they had they had everything going for them, you know, because we've been working with them. So they had Roth IRAs going. Of course, they had tax qualified plans and they had investments outside when brokerage accounts, what we call taxable accounts or non-qualified accounts. Right now, it's interesting because up to this point, while they're working, they're still in the accumulation phase. Mm-hmm. So they're not spending any of their um, not only are they not they're not making any investment withdrawals. They're also not spending any of the income that the investments are spinning off right now, right. whether it be interest, dividends, and capital gains, right? That's all just being reinvested, including all that in the non-qualified. Now, of course, that doesn't mean it's not being taxed because if you're in a taxable brokerage account, those things you still pay taxes on. Right. And it's still going in to your thresholds. Right, which you need to, those are some, those are unpredictable. All right. Now, so what we said, well, one of the things we came up with, you know, working with the investment advisor and say, okay, so now as this client is going to go into this retirement, they're still going to have those interest, dividends, and capital gains. Um, but we said, instead of reinvesting them, let them come out to further cash flow. Mm-hmm. They're taxed anyways. So you might as well take the income you need to support 
your lifestyle. Now, you know, then, you know, when when they eventually go on Medicare, then they may re relook at that again. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, you know, and 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 again, the, the, the investor has said, OK, you know, and again, you don't want to surprise your investment advisor. You know, you don't want to say, you know, hey, next week I need all this done. Right. You know, the idea is, you know, now the investment advisor now is working on a two year plan. Mm -hmm. To get ready for the client's retirement. And it allows them to do their job better. You know, and also part of that is right now they may say, hey, let some of that interest, dividends, capital gains come out right now because that can start building up your cash reserve. Mm -hmm. You know, so you so also when you go into retirement, you have a nice cash reserve built up. Right. If you don't have that cash reserve built up yet. All right. Um, now. So between that, um, so so now we so we, we are ready to go, and and so they go into retirement, and you know we've built up their cash reserve, we've got a Roth IRA being built up, um, and we've got the um, the non qualified balance, you know, interest, dividends, and capital gains um, being generated out. So we working as we as they go into um, as they went into the first year of retirement. He did retire at sixty two because the plan was working. Okay, um, on paper it was working. Mm -hmm. So it gave him the confidence to turn in his you know slip right and walk out the door. Um, and you know and now um, in the in the in the in the in the first year we're saying okay, what does it look like? We watched it. We worked closely with the tax, uh, the, the CPA, the tax preparer. Um, the investment advisor did their job. You know, the interest and dividends, capital gains started getting kicked out. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, we, they, they had the cash reserve that they could dip into um, or there for emergencies for unplanned expenses. Right. right? Not that those ever happened. Right. Um, and, you know, the, that difference in, in between what was coming in, you know, in, in, in taxable interest dividends, capital gains. And I'm going to get, that's a key point about right. that. We said, okay, the balance to make their lifestyle. The next thing was we, we would do a, we would fill up to that sweet spot. Right. With IRA distributions. Okay. All right. And then, you know, and, and, and 401, you know, he had 401, right. you know, tax qualified distributions. But as soon as we got to that sweet spot, if there wasn't enough cash flow generated by that point yet, which in this case there wasn't, you go to the Roth mm -hmm. because now the Roth IRA distribution can come out and it doesn't affect any of those tax thresholds. All right. And it was a no surprise to anyone. The CPA was on board. The investment advisor was on board. And most importantly, the clients understood it. And, and now, and then after the first year they were, they saw it worked. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, and, you know, they were kind of, I remember, you know, in, midway in the year because they were doing the, uh, they ended up doing the Roth, the first Roth distribution before the six month mark, mm -hmm. you know, during the year. And they were saying, is this still going to work? And we're, we're looking at the numbers and saying, yeah, it's still going to work. I mean, if you still want to do it, right? You know, you know, if you haven't changed your mind that you want to get the su full subsidy, um, and they're saying, yeah, I mean, I, we can't believe how much the subsidy is. Um, and, and we, and we said, yeah. And, and so, and so after the first year at work, went into the second year mm -hmm. and it worked again. So now they're getting comfortable because now not only do they have a plan that we, you know, printed out to them years in advance, they have a way of measuring their progress. See, that's one of the things that we've realized. A lot of new clients come into us and we say, well, have you ever tried running a financial model? And a lot of times, Carrie, they come back and say, well, you know, I ran my, one. Or my investment advisor had one online. Yeah, or... it's about 30 pages long, and I, I don't know. It's in the sock drawer somewhere. And it's like, well, did, was it a working tool for you? Did it leave you in any decision-making mode? And they're like, no, we really didn't talk much about it. See, to me, that's not a working tool. That is something where you went to a robot or some robot asked you 30 questions, you answer them, and it kicked out a 30-page report that you didn't understand. Or even if you did, okay, I can spend this amount. Yeah, or or maybe I say even if you did, you didn't know how to manipulate it. Because what if you 
spend more because yeah, that am- it- not out of necessarily discretionary. What about necessity items sometimes? Right. Um, and and or, you know, if you know, and, and we always say on this program, see, the the goal of, of what we're trying to get people to understand the discipline of financial planning is not that you do a, a financial model once. And then never look at it again. No, it's an ongoing tool that needs to be adjusted for life changes. Replace, you know, we always talk about replacing our assumption with reality. It's about market changes. It's about tax law changes. I mean, there's a, a lot of things, family dynamics. There's a lot of things that go into changing that plan. And then the recommendations change along with that as well. But these people, it made a huge financial difference by taking the time and looking ahead and planning that put a lot of more money in their pocket or that they got to keep. Right. And, and when they were first coming in th- thinking that it was almost impossible for them right. to pull this off. Um, and that's why we say, you know, we're not too interested in backyard estate planning or backyard financial planning. You know, don't ask your neighbor what they're planning. Because I don't know what your neighbor has. I don't know what your neighbor's goals are. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, you know, and also, you know, get your professional advisors working together. If any one of them is working in a vacuum and they're they're never bringing up, in other words, if your investment advisor never asks you for a copy of your tax return or your tax return preparer never talks to you about uh, tax efficiency of investments um, or Roth conversions or, you know, if they're just uh, compliance. If they're just getting last year's numbers on the right lines and file timely, and you're not getting any, you know, fan mail from the IRS, that's tax compliance. Right. That's not necessarily tax planning. Or if an advisor gives you a quick yes or no answer without any analysis. Ugh. Right. So you need to get, or at least we recommend, you know, these these um, coordinated conversations, these roundtable discussions to say, OK, let's throw this particular client's problem or dilemma out on the table and let's work up solutions and then let the client pick the ones they want to go with. But now they have an under now they understand why they're making that decision. It's leaving them in a decision making mode. Right. And also the idea that once your plan is done, you remain active because, by the way, we don't know what Congress is going to do with tax laws. We don't know what other life you know, curveballs mm-hmm. are going to be thrown at you. But the idea is if at least you've got a plan model that's not too outdated, meaning right. something you did 10 years ago that you haven't looked at, um, you know, it's, it's current and you know how to you know, adjust your plan accordingly if one of your assumptions changes, especially if it's some, even if it's something totally beyond your control, mm-hmm. like tax law changes. Um, or, you know, and, and so it's that type of coordination. Um, but, you know, the, 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 you know, but now, you know, the client is, under, you know, is understanding that, yeah, the plan made sense on paper. It was implemented properly because also now all the ones who need to help them implement it have got a heads up. You know, it's no surprises to any of them. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you how did this, you know, finish up? So so basically, how do you how do I summarize this plan? So so let's see what happened. First of all, their main goal was successful. Right. Bottom mm-hmm. line, he was able to retire at 62. Okay. Um, the coordination advisors worked, okay? Because I remember at the time when they were like, well, I, 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 I've never had my advisor. I mean, they were, when we said, right. let's call your CPA, they were like, my CPA has never talked to my investment guy. Mm. If, if, that's what, if you're saying that, that you, don't, you're not, you don't have coordinated advisors, right. all right? Um, now, you may have one person who wears all those hats. Right. Well, you might be, wor- you, you might be careful with that, too, because it's a pretty complicated world. Right. You know, would be wearing all those Financial. Or sometimes our client does their own investment. Yeah. Or, or they're using one of the return. robots for taxes, right? Um, see, the problem with the robots, carries they don't, they're, they're compliant. In other words, the tax compliant. The robot's not going to come back and ask you, oh, by the way, would you like to max out your Obamacare subsidy by working with a new investment you know, plan with your investment advisor? The robots aren't going to do that. No, they'll do a good job of filing a return of what already happened and crunching the numbers that you right. input right all right um now someday i think the robots are going to replace us all carrie and and that's a you know but it's not here yet right you still need i believe the human element 
to deal with the client's goals and objectives to, to go beyond what the robots, you know, are looking, right. you know, for input right now. Um, all right. So the, the coordinator, so yeah, retired at 62 successfully. Coordination advisors are now working. Um, they were able to maintain their retirement lifestyle. See, that was, that was, that was huge. Okay. Um, they, you know, they did not have to cut out any other discretionary spending in, in this plan. Um, and, you know, the, the, one of their biggest concerns of why they thought they wouldn't be able to keep their lifestyle was because they thought they'd be paying huge prices for this health care before Medicare. Right. In actuality, the cost that they were paying after the subsidy was even less than we were projecting their Medicare plus a Medicare supplemental was going to be. That's pretty good. All right. Um, now, you hear a lot of advisors talk about tax efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how did that end up? Well, for the latest year, 2019, okay, that's filed, which was the second year of the plan, right? Um, their federal income tax was $563. Wow. Nice. Right? Now, part of that reason is because I, said, I mentioned this before. Remember I said we, had, that we told them to turn, on the, uh, to turn off the reinvestment and kick out to them the qualified dividends and the capital gains that the mutual funds were spinning out, mm-hmm. right? Well, because we kept them in a low income, they still, we knew they were going to still stay in the zero long-term capital gains rate. Okay. So, you know, if you can keep your taxable income, you know, married filing jointly under $80,000, okay, you've got a zero long-term capital gains rate and a zero qualified dividend rate. So not only, you know, that income that was turning out to them because we, you know, we lowered, we kept them below the, a certain level, that was all tax-free. Mm-hmm. So that's why they could, you know, partly they could get that lifestyle, right. um, you know, and keep their taxes low and get the full Obamacare subsidy. Like good planning doesn't happen overnight and having a solid detailed plan and spending the time to do it well before retirement or even if it's already in retirement, taking the time to plan, uh, you know, when things are happen or life throws you curveballs and situations, it's a lot easier to go in and change and manipulate a variable or two and then adjust your recommendations or what your um, planning is and, and what you need to do and the action steps you need to take. Call the estate planning team for a free no obligation consultation by phone or in person. Remember, we have affordable hourly and comprehensive retainer fees and have some special incentives for people who take the time to come in in 2020 or have a consultation by phone and get started. You can call 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right, Carrie, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, that's Carrie Waddell. My name is Mark Donnelly. Um, I'm not going to start another case review yet. It's too, too not enough time for that. Um, I can talk more about the dark winter that's coming with the Rona, Carrie. You know, no dark the, winter the, talk. The, we need to be positive. Everybody here is to doom and Okay, gloom. the Rona has destroyed New York City, right? I mean, we don't, you know. Um, the question is, is the Rona going <laughs> to... You're, you're going to not agree with this, Carrie, but... Uh, will the Rona actually be the end of capitalism as we know it? I hope not. That would be awful. Um, I'm like not going to let this ruin my holidays. I'm not going to let it ruin. Like I even thought about going all out extra decorating. I usually don't do a lot of baking because I'm not the greatest cook. I can bake. I usually don't. But I was like, I think I'm going to go all out this year. I'm going to bake for the neighbors. I'm going to do things that I normally don't do just because... This year kind of sucks. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know if 21, 2021 is going to be much better. I mean, there's good news. But because we keep saying that there's this riff right now, where should the government come up with more trillion-dollar stimulus, right? Mm. And a lot of people think, no, just be capitalist. Just let, let, it, let these – if the companies can't make it, they fail, okay? Right. Um, the strong will survive. And, you know, don't wear masks. Don't do mandatory shutdowns. Right. I don't think mandatory shutdowns. Let 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 the freedom of America ring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and we're all adults and we can make our own decisions and you can't prevent people from, you know, running their businesses. And I think you need to live That's your life. That's capitalism. 
And I think you need to live your life and you can make choices. Mark, you know, if you don't go to restaurants, I go to restaurants. Like, that's your choice that you don't. I'm going to go to restaurants. And I go to restaurants and I can smell cleaner when I walked in, which makes me feel good. But the Rona is threatening all that. If the Rona forces us to go to a socialistic model. That's awful. I'd rather take my chances on Rona than I would a socialistic model. Um, so you you always carry, you bring up that fact that, you know, Trump keeps saying, hey, we haven't spent all the, you know, CARES Act money yet, right? Right. So that was the rift that was created this week. I don't know if you caught this. No, I did not. But right. I know I've been reading about that constantly. Right. So Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, right, you know. Um, he's, he went to the Fed and said, hey, give me back that $455 billion you haven't spent yet. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> then repurpose it for Congress. Here you well, go. Well, we don't know. I don't know what Trump's got right. planned for it. Um, but, you know, the, the um, so here, uh, Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin said around $455 billion in funds from the CARES Act assigned to the Treasury and ultimately shifted to the federal to support um for the Federal Reserve to support lending to businesses, nonprofit, and local organizations should be returned by the end of the year. The Federal Reserve, which has consistently urged lawmakers to step up their fiscal support, remember Chairman Powell keeps saying more stimulus, right? Right. Um, you know, s- support for the slowing economy while pledging to keep interest rates at near zero for at least three more years expressed public regret. Calling Mnuchin's late-hour request disappointing. Okay. See, see, the Fed saying, we're playing ball. We're, we told you we're going to keep interest rates low. Again, people think, is that you know capitalism or not? Is that manipulation? We're going to keep interest rates low for three more years, but Congress, give us more stimulus. And, and yet now Mnuchin, obviously under Trump, is saying, give me back that $500 billion. If you haven't used it, why are you asking for more? I guess I agree with them. If you haven't used what you asked for. So what is Biden going to do? Yikes. Now, Biden, all kinds of things. Now, Biden said (laughs) that he has picked his next Treasury secretary. Okay. Okay. He said he may actually announce it before Thanksgiving. Okay. And he said, you know, it's going to be, you know, from the Democratic Party, it's going to be not too progressive, not too moderate. He's doing the Goldilocks Treasury secretary, not too progressive, not too left, not too right. Um, moderate, you know. Is there anybody you know. who's a moderate anymore? Well, here's the short list. <laughs> you know, Elizabeth Warren. I don't think get any more far left. You know, you know, but the uh, but the problem with the problem with Elizabeth Warren, she'd love the job. Oh, I'm um, sure. But the problem is, if she would have to leave the Senate, and right now leaving Ooh, Massachusetts, yeah, that's a good idea. the Republican governor would get to uh, you know put somebody new. That's why it's not going to be Elizabeth Warren. Right. Plus, she's too far left. Um, she I was going to say moderate. And- How about Janet Yellen? Wow. She's smart. Yeah. Remember I said, you know, wherever, you know, I always heard about Janet Yellen, former Fed chair. But is she's that, a smart She's lady. always the smartest person in the room, no matter what room she's in. A lot of other Federal Preserve. You know what's missing on his short list? Who? Like a Goldman Sachs financial genius. Huh. You know, someone who could, uh, you know, get used to the Capitol Hill yeah. swamp water real quickly. Someone like Stephen Mnuchin. Oh. Not a name on the list. Mm. He's gone with somebody more progressive. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.